Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Pop the top on the old jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's, ales, and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. Hello. We got Jake here. And we got special guest, Boris. Welcome back, Boris. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it. it's been a while. It has been a while. How you been, man? Good. Doing real good. So Real good. We're doing big beers with Boris today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I'm pouring some beer right now. Okay. So we're going to start out with something local. Uh, starting out with Southern Yankee. So Southern Yankee just had their fourth year anniversary. Okay, and she's been playing around with some barrel-aged beers, um, and this is their Grand Cru 2022. So it is a barley wine aged in rum barrels. You want some more? No, you're mm. pouring me way too much. I got, oh, a, yeah. I got a long day. We got, you a, got a long we got day. Some, we got some pretty big beers in here. We do have some pretty big beers in here. So there, there's six lined sippers, up. I don't pounders. know if we'll get through all six. Yeah, these are definitely sippers, not pounders, right? So... At least that's what my girlfriend calls it. <laughs> Jake and his girlfriend. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen, right? <laughs> I hope. Does she, does she listen? Not very often. She just wants to be on. She does want to be on it. Really? Very, yeah. very. Uh, she really wants to be on it. Yeah. My wife just wants to drink the beer yeah. that we're having. She doesn't really want to talk on the podcast. Okay, this beer. Oh, my gosh. Stone fruit and plum. Yes, raisin. Raisin is what I got. Yeah. Yes, it's 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 really it, it smells really really nice. So, Southern Yankee. You know much about Southern Yankee, Boris? No, not really. Okay, so Sydney, head brewer, learned to brew in Connecticut. Uh, came down here. She, they're Southern Yankees. They're Yankees that came down to the South and started brewing beer. She, I now I'm, Sydney. If you listen to this podcast and I screw up the story. I, I apologize. Uh, but so she learned to brew up there, and this whole deal was a business venture with her dad and her brother. Very cool. And they're like, all right, we're going to teach you how to brew so you can be our brewmaster. So she learned how to brew just for the purpose of starting this brewery with her dad and her brother and has put out some phenomenal beers, phenomenal. Uh, doing some of the best stuff in the Houston area. This is yeah. really good. Yeah, okay, We're, we're pretty proud to have it? them in Houston. Yeah, I haven't tasted it yet. Oh, I've been tasted. Have you? <laughs> I have a this I have an good. issue with that. Can't put beer in front of me and me not. You know when I when okay. I was home brewing, 
back in the day, probably 10, 15 years ago, I didn't want to brew those beers that were like low ABV beers. So these were the types of beers that I wanted to brew all okay. the time. And uh, I've never got anything close to this, but this is, this is amazing. Okay, so with a, with a barley wine. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of barley wines. You're not a big fan of barley wines? Nah, they're too, too big, too heavy, too malty, okay. too sweet. So, okay, so with this one, so what makes this one good then to you? I don't know. I, I, it has a, like a bitterness to it that kind of balances out a little bit. Um, I, and then the complexity on the, like, the different f- aromas that you're smelling, different flavors that you taste you know, in the beginning. And then whenever you swallow it, it's, it finishes kind of clean, in my opinion, for, a, uh, for barley wine. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's really it's, it's fantastic. So, good stuff. Okay. So I've, I've got you on and... and but I don't have any no-label beers that I was going to pull out. That's okay. I know that you brought some. Does 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 no-label do any big beers like this? Oh, perpetual yeah. Peace. Yeah, we oh, that's out perpetual now, right? Peace. Yeah, it's out right now. Bourbon barrel aged, uh, wee heavy. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't put that in a quarter barrel, did you? No. Okay. Six barrels. I have a, I have a mystery quarter barrel in the, uh, in the walk-in, and I don't know what it is. Uh, we've From been going no back and forth. No, I don't know who it is. Uh, there's no keg collar. There's no label. There's no nothing on the on the keg itself. Okay. Uh, tasting notes. It's barrel aged, and then chocolate, coffee, toasted bread. Can't figure out what it is, and it's a quarter barrel, and it's a national brand shared keg. So weird. If anybody wants to weigh in on what that so could be, so when you say when you say national band brand shared keg like this is something that would come from uh, anheuser-busch no 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 it's like microstar and um why, why did i just blip there's there's quite a few keg companies where okay the, where the keg they supply the cooperage yeah okay yeah. Ah, okay and it's okay. just kind of like a give and take kind of thing okay microstar being one of the biggest ones but this is not a microstar it has the colors of uh Sierra Nevada on it, but I'm not actually convinced it's Sierra Nevada because Sierra Nevada doesn't really do quarter barrels. So it's the quarter barrels are pretty rare. Could it be barrel aged narwhal? No, because those only come in slims. Oh, that and I don't think it's that time of season. Is that time for barrel aged narwhal yet? I think it's soon. I don't think it's now, but they've been doing majority package of it. You recently bought it, and it's it's just sitting. It's in about there? a month, month and a half. Oh, really? So okay. those of you that listen to this podcast, just go into Thistle. How much are you charging for mystery beer? This isn't the first time this has happened. I don't at know. Thistle. I don't know. There's there's taps that we've had. Twelve dollars. Twelve for twelve dollars four ounce <laughs> of mystery beer. What is this prairie? <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever we tell you it is. Prairie's so expensive. If I was to make my margin and make my money, it'd cost $22.50 for a 10-ounce pour of some of these beers they're giving me. Does Prairie sell quarter barrels? Nope. Mm. We've ruled out Prairie. We've ruled out Barrel Age Narwhal. It's I, not, I it's not uh, Grand Cru 2022. Definitely not. I don't think any local breweries make any quarter barrels. At all. No, there, there's six there barrels is. and halves. But, I mean, most, most of those are independents. You know, Klaus does quarter barrels. Oh, and, they do? Yeah. There's Yeah, there's not a lot of local that has quarter. I love the quarter format. It's like, hey, I don't want to commit to freaking 15 gallons of this high ABV stout that I may not sell. Why not get a quarter? Because the slim's too I'll, small. I'll drink it. A half barrel? I mean, yeah. Like a half barrel of hammer-smashed face? Oh, shit. 
It, that actually that actually that is sells that is well. that is probably that, okay. I'm gonna say yeah. this this is the coolest table that you have at Thistle Draft Shop. What is, do you mean that's the coolest table? The hammer smash face barrel is turned inside out underneath oh, the table. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty cool. That's Did like, you know that, Boris? One from Brash? No, yeah, I didn't know that. No. So there's a there's a table at Thistle where underneath it just looks like a charred barrel that's turned inside out. Yeah, they they took all the staves and literally flipped them inside out and attached them to a table. Yeah, it's hammer wow, smash face. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty Did cool. Merge do that. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, merge. Merge has done a lot of really cool tables for yeah. us. There's, yeah, there's some cool Easter eggs in there. They're a lot of fun. Okay, so barley wines. I want to get back on the subject of barley wines. Boris says he's not a big fan of it, but he likes this one because there's something balanced out about it. It finishes clean. Like from Thistle Draft Shop perspective, is a barley wine something that sells a lot? No, it, no. And I mean that from any perspective. I bet it's seasonal. You know, like a, no, no, not no? Even seasonal. There is a few beer styles that the people that enjoy them. They will not stop talking about them, and they raise the most awareness about it. But if you put a barley wine on tap, you most likely aren't going to sell it very fast. Okay, it's so just, it's aggressive. It's not nearly as popular. The people that love it love it, right? Yeah. And somebody will eventually come back going to this specific podcast. Oh, barley's are barley wines are great. They'd sell so well if you carried more of them. No, they don't. They're just they're high ABV. They're aggressive, um, and, and I like barley wines, but it's yeah. not an everybody beer. You yeah. know, like a pilsner is an everybody beer, right? Not a barley wine. Okay, so what makes a barley wine a barley wine? Barley. Okay, heavy, good. Yeah, heavy, heavy uh, malt character, high ABV. I, I I think in itself, barley wines have a pretty lax. Um, kind of parameters of tasting right they can be extremely bitter they can be extremely sweet they can be right there in the middle but at the end of it they're all viscous uh the way i like to look at it is if you were to make wine out of barley this is essentially where that's derivative okay you know it's still uh, beer maybe maybe my and and i like uh i like real ale but maybe my because i I think my palate back in the day wasn't as developed, and when they came out with Sisyphus and the little and the little yes. twelve ounce bottles, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one, and it may have struck me off, you know, struck me wrong, but uh, it kind of turned me off barley wines for a while. Okay, and and nothing against you know real ale or anything like that, but. Or maybe uh, so. It's okay. I mean, you, you no, can go my, against real. I think here. my palate back. Then, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my palate back then wasn't developed and. You know, I, I, I wasn't able to appreciate them. It's, it's okay. Much. We've been accused of having immature palates on this show. Well, you know what? I think I think I may have a 2013 oh, yeah, Sisyphus that's left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have a 2013 what? Sisyphus? Sisyphus? I think I do. Mm. It's somewhere between 12 and 15. I okay, so really I gave them all away except for one. My my exposure. So I've had Sisyphus, but my exposure to barley wines at Thistle Draft Shop specifically have been mostly uh, Bigfoot. Yep. From Sierra Nevada. And then there was, oh gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it was Lone Pint that did Shepherds of Fire, or was that Copperhead? That's Copperheads. Copperhead. Lone Pint did do one. Okay. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, I was trying to think of the, of the name of it. I it wasn't, Connect Repreck was the White Stout. Yeah, Connect And then the Repreck. Barley Wine. I don't know. I can still get you a Shepherd of Fire if you want. The, the Shepherds, Shepherds of Fire I thought was a beautiful beer. I think both that one and, and uh, Bigfoot. Okay, both two different examples of barley wines, not necessarily on the same flavor profile, but both of them to me felt like a West Coast IPA on steroids. There was a bitterness to it, a pine sappy kind of uh, big maltiness backbone that I really enjoyed. I, I liked those beers. That in my head is what I have in my head as a as a barley wine. That's my examples. This, 
It's not like that. That being said, I really like this. So this is aged in a rum barrel. Now, I was curious about the barley wine aged in a rum barrel because rum, when I think about rum, I think about spices and molasses and sweet, things like that. Sweet rum, Sweet, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think that's where, where Sydney is such an expert because when I think rum, right, especially when we're talking about aging, I'm okay. thinking vanilla. I'm thinking ah, light oak. Okay. I'm thinking like there's what, – there's, What was this aged in, do you know? What, rum which barrels. rum? Oh, what rum? Yeah. No, oh, I don't no know idea. what rum. I just know it's rum barrels. Somebody should text her and see. But I think that's where that kind of expert, like... My favorite rum is that uh, is Appleton. It's, it's yeah. kind of like a sweet rum. They're Grand Reserve. I oh, yeah. Know. So it's... it's good stuff. All it says, rum barrel aged, rich and warm, long aged, 13% alcohol per volume. So we don't have all the specifics. I guess I, guess I could have done some research. Uh, this was bottled, hand bottled in November 2022. Uh, so this month it was bottled. Wow, nice. Um, yeah, like it was, it was last weekend, and I wanted to go, but for whatever reason uh, we didn't go. It wasn't last weekend. I forget when it was, but I wanted to go, and for whatever reason we didn't go. But I found a way to get over there and pick up a couple bottles. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. Um, I like support there. Um, this one, is, it's... I feel like I taste the barley wine in there. I feel like I taste that that West Coast backbone. I feel like I taste a little bit of the hops, but that rum barrel is overpowering the rest of it, but not in a bad way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm getting a lot of raisin. I'm getting a lot mm. of plum. I'm getting a lot of those molasses, thick, sweet rum flavors. She did a good job of pairing this. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see a lot of rum barrel aged beers. Do y'all? Mm, not so much. I see it more than tequila barrel aged beers. Correct. Uh, the new one that I've been seeing a lot more of lately is Calvados barrel aged beers, and that truly excites me. Okay, so what do you what do you age tequila in, or what what beer would you age in a tequila barrel? I honestly like tequila aged IPAs, uh, but you're ah. also risk you're, you're you're risking a lot on that. Um, what I mean, really, just about anything. I mean, like if you. Just just for the perspective of, like, I don't know, ideology, whatever. Like you do a Mexican uh, hot cocoa stout with tequila. Like, that sounds like it all fits together. But when you talk about those spices against that kind of, yeah. like, hearty, salinic kind of tequila flavor, I, I, there's so much you can do with it, but it's underutilized. But, you know, that's why I love about going with Calvados barrels, because Calvados is pear and apple brandy. You know, there's a lot of tart flavors, a lot, a lot of, of acidic flavor. Brandy, yeah, brandy barrels. I'm loving it, man. I'm yeah. loving it. All right, so Boris, you you said well, I'm going to go back, keep picking on you because you said you weren't a big uh, barley wine fan. So if you're you're looking at this, is this something that you go back to? Is this I, something you well, spend your own money when on? When you first poured it, I was a little scared because you know you told me we were all big beers and things like that. So, but this has been really, really enjoyable um, for me. I, it's you know it comes out and it pours. It's murky. You can't see through it. At, you know, it's intimidating, and then um, you know, getting getting to actually put you know put it up to your nose and and taste it was a completely different. Uh, my my expectation was uh, was for it not to be good, but it is absolutely phenomenal. It's well, the, great I, beer. That's a good point. Like when you pour it, it does look intimidating. Yeah. It looks it looks murky. It looks like it's going to punch you in the face. Like the mouthfeel is nothing what it looks like. It feels so light compared to what it looks like. Yeah. And, and you know, whenever you're saying molasses, I, I definitely, you can taste that, 
sweetness from the molasses, but it also has like a, a bitter, um, a very complex bitter component to it as well that I, I've fallen in love with. This is good beer. I'd, I'd definitely pick this up again. Hell yeah, dude. Good stuff. Can we see this on tap at this drive shop, Jake? Uh, Sydney hasn't told me about it, so I'm going to put that in Sydney's uh, ballpark. Sydney? On Sydney? Are you listening? <laughs> I don't think I've seen Sydney in a couple weeks now, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She may be avoiding me. Why? What'd you do? Nothing. I assume it's just me being me. Ah. <laughs> so That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you can only take so much, all right? So, this episode, this is the first beer that we're kicking it off. I'm glad we chose this as the first beer to kick it off. Uh, I, am, I am enjoying this one. Uh, it kind of gets you relaxed. I love being back in the hot tub. Uh, this is going to be the start of season four, Boris. Uh, we've been doing this for a while now. Nice. Yeah, and gosh, what, in a couple of months, it'll be two years. Yeah. We've been working on this hot tub beer project uh, yeah. and having some fun with it. I'm we've really a, happy for you guys. Oh, it's, 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 it's pretty awesome to I got watch, some, I'll tell you that. Got some big ideas that we can squeeze the time into. We, we, uh, we are masters of big ideas. Yes. Yes, masters yes. of big ideas. Only thing big we're wielding. <laughs> <laughs> Speak True. for yourself. Uh, <laughs> So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you under the bus, Boris. I'm going to give you the first rating of the fourth season. Um, zero to four, right? And just for all the new viewers or viewers, listeners who are catching up with us in season four, okay, zero means I have to burn the brewery down. There's, there's no getting out of it. Um, four means I need this every time I get into a hot tub. I'm glad we're doing this because it's the start of hot tub weather. we got the hot tub on. We're sitting here chilling. Um, if you can't, this is real. Okay. Uh, we got the water in there. Hot tub applause uh, was trademark Mary Thorne. Uh, 2021. Um, what is your rating on this beer? I, with the complexity and... You know, the fact that I was intimidated from it, you know, by it whenever you first poured it in the glass um, and to smell it and it, to smell the complexity and smell and taste the complexity of it all. Uh, I give it a 3.9. This is a great nice. beer. This is a fantastic beer. Um, I mean, I, it's it's a beer I think that I would buy and I would share with my dad or something like that. You know, something nice. something to have a cigar with. Um, that'd be a great beer, great cigar beer as well. I have three cigars in the car. Ooh, some bitch. I've got a lot more big heavy beers. Well, I got till twelve forty five. What do you got? What do you well I'm gonna throw you in there? We are what's, watching what's the Germany one? game. <laughs> Asshole. Oh man. Uh I'm gonna talk myself through this one with y'all. Okay. Uh as far as it goes with approachableness and uh the ability to get this in more novice drinkers' hands, I'm gonna give this a four I mean, I okay. think this is the more approachable version of a barley wine, much less a barrel-aged barley wine. Yeah, good point. Um, on a personal level, if we, if we throw out kind of its classification and style, I'd like to see just a, a bit of chocolate, like dark chocolate underneath, to, to give it a little bit more body and roundness underneath it and the flavor. Okay. Uh, in that regards, uh, if we were to take out the barley wine from the equation... I'd give it up. I give it a three point eight five. Uh, as far as drinkability, four point oh. Give this to me next to a fire. 
Uh, th- that's that's exactly what was going on in my head, right? Either I can sit in the hot tub or I can sit next to a campfire with this beer. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drink this beer fast at all. Um, I I love the like. Okay, so what Boris was talking about the complexity, right? I think that's a beautiful example of complexity and harmony, right? We had a beer earlier on the live that was very complex, but not <laughs> very. Uh, Very the, fatty. The, the, the harmony wasn't wasn't really really singing on that beer. Yep. Uh, this one it really is. Uh, it, it fits really well together. I enjoy tasting. It's something I want to let hang out on the tongue. I don't want to get rid of quickly. It's one of those beers where I sit and I savor it, right? And so it may take me thirty minutes to to get through a you know five ounce just because. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to ruin the experience. Um, I'm going to go 4.0 on this one as, as, as well with you. I, I like – I know you were talking about the, the example of a barley wine, but we've also talked just on this segment about barley wine isn't a really set profile. and We've tasted barley wines that have completely different profiles. Um, the profile on this barley wine I think is great. I don't think it's going to be as bitter as a Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The malt background that you can taste on it is really, really, really nice. There's a touch of that bitterness, so I get like maybe a touch of the pine from the hops, uh, but that rum barrel adds so much complexity to it that it just – and the 13%, you got to be careful, dude. Oh, that yeah. does not taste like a 13%. There's, I'm not getting a lot of alcohol warmth when I drink it. It's just nice flavors. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And nice way to start out the big beer hey, session. W- would you say that uh, when you get closer to the West Coast, the barley wines get hoppier? Just because of that West Coast oh, kind of hoppy feel to it? You know that's I mean? an interesting. You know what? Because like Bigfoot is a, hoppy. You know? Bigfoot is hoppy. We might need a... Uh, and even a the barley wine, barley wine back in the day, whatever when they made it, it was it was real hoppy too. You know, what I think would be that's indicative of the brewery. I don't know if it's indicative of the region. I think it's the brewery. What if we What if we found and... barley wines from the East Coast all the way to we use Bigfoot as the West Coast and see how the profile changes as we go across? We could do that. Yeah, yeah. I'd Road trip. That. that would be fun. All right, you're in. You're locked I'm in, in on that, that episode. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. All right. Man, guys, thank you for coming and hanging out with me, Boris. Thanks for uh, driving in and coming and hanging yeah, out with us this morning. Um, I, I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're getting Season 4 started, and I'm glad we started it with uh, Sydney's uh, Southern Yankee Grand Great Crew. Beer. Get over there. Go get a bottle of this and hang on for just a minute because we're going to be right back with another big badass beer with Boris. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Here we go. Wild turkey barrels. We're staying local on the next beer. Okay, so Jake just brought this over. Uh, tell us where you got this, Jake. Copperhead. <laughs> Copperhead Brewing. Yeah, yeah. They're in Conroe, Texas. You caught me a little far away from the mic. I had to borrow Boris's for a second. Sorry. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is this is one of my favorite series. This is the uh, King of Terrors series. Uh, they release King of Terrors every January. Since 2017, I picked up an extra 17 because we're going to do a vertical. Okay. Um, but 
uh, towards the end of the year, he releases a barrel-aged version of King of Terrors. Now, there is no set time frame for the barrel uh, because he lets the barrel speak. He lets it kind of tell him when it's ready. So it rests as long as it needs to rest. Now, this is the wild turkey barrel, which I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. You know, I, th- I think there's... The, growing up, I kind of grew a stigma towards wild turkey. Like, that's the cheap bourbon. That's the, that's the throwaway, you know, like, eh, just drink it to drink it. But yeah. as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate wild turkey so much more. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, lower-end whiskeys to work with. And quite frankly, the end of it, it's, if it's not rare, I mean, wild turkey does the trick. It's good stuff. Uh, and if there's one thing about Seth, uh, the brewer and owner of Copperhead, he knows his bourbon. He really knows his bourbon. And that's why we've been able to see such things like Willet Barrels and Eagle Rare and Blanton's and Vanilla Rye oh, cool. and all these really cool things. Uh, but King of Terrors is pretty heavy coffee stout. I mean, it, it's got coffee in okay. it. Uh, it's local coffee. I forgot what his ties are with the coffee, but he has some pretty deep ties with the coffee. Do you know what, what uh, coffee brand it is? No. 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 Okay. I, I, I pay attention to the bourbon. There's sorry. not alcohol sorry, sorry. in it. Um, but it this one clocks in at sixteen point six percent. Good lord! So it's not. Uh, so it's we were not at thirteen percent to start one, and now we're at sixteen point six percent. Yes. Nice. So, Copperhead wow. Brewing. Oh Great job. Goodness. Yeah, this he, is he, just Copperhead Brewing there in Conroe. Okay, old Chevrolet dealership, correct? Uh. Last time I was in there, you could see the old Chevrolet emblems on the floor. I don't think I've ever been sober enough to notice that. Ah, if yeah, the, yeah. If that so, is true. so if if I'm correct, it was an old Chevrolet dealership in Conroe. It's right across the street from the Catholic Church. Uh, it is. It's a cool little brewery. Uh, it's kind of an out of the way spot, uh, but they do some really good beers, and and most recently have been really known for the stouts. Correct. Um, you're saying this is an imperial coffee stout that's underneath of the uh, bourbon barrels, correct? I would call it a Balls Deep Stout. Balls Deep Stout. Uh, I think it's a. I think uh, uh, BJCP is working on certifying that one. Understood. <laughs> Next up in the category of Balls Deep, <laughs> <laughs> we have our only three hundred entries. King of Terrors. <laughs> three hundred entries. <laughs> you know what I love about this stout is uh, how dry it finishes for how sweet it is you know and it's not sweet it's not syrupy sweet but there's a lot of full body sweetness to it i would do you think that comes from did he use honey you think or no no actually um we're gonna get him in we're gonna get let him talk about it but uh he brews it in four different parts i believe it's i think it's four so what he does because there's so much obviously alcohol content, right? And it's so hard to get your yeast to work that hard. You have to keep this yeast active and pumping. He actually brews it in four separate parts. So he does the first one, the second one, and then the third one, and then the fourth one, he puts them all together with the last little bit. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a whole thing. He, he, he has a really great way of explaining it. So just with the base beer, we're looking at four different parts that we're combining together in order to brew to yeah. allow the yeast to propagate enough to put... 16.6% on this beer. He's brewing four times for one batch. That's ridiculous. It's insane. And he does a phenomenal job at it, too. He, he, he does do a very good job. Now, this beer poured like motor oil. 
I'm curious what, what yeast he's using for such high ABV. The last time I had this conversation with him, I had had quite a few. And he was actually on the bottling line bottling while he was telling me. Okay. So, But you don't remember? Nope. These are all things that we've talked about. These are all things that are hidden in the drunk brain. Oh, so maybe they'll pop up here in a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. After a few more. I'm a responsible imbiber. There is there is coffee on the nose. The nose to me is it's it's uh it's nice but it's not assaulting. I think the the Southern Yankee beer, the Grand Cru, had a lot bigger nose on it than this one. Um this one is more subdued. That being said, the the flavors in here are really nice. The coffee's coming through but it doesn't bitter up the beer. It is it is sweet. There is a sweet maltiness to this beer. Um and then it's cut in with that out. The, this one does have some alcohol warmth to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I love I about it, though. Face. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I guess I just I really enjoy really alcohol-heavy beers. Like, I, I love that aggressive uh, on the kind of, like, ethanol and bourbon and vanilla and, like, big flavors. Speaking of which, how do you compare this to Hammer Smashed Faced? It's been a while since I had Hammer Smash Face. <laughs> you guys I, need to get Robbie in the tub. I kind of don't want to care. Yes. Bring some Hammer Smash Face. We did a vertical event. We did events. a vertical event. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Nice. You're supposed to be listening to the show, Boris. No, I do. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember every episode. So we, we I am did. A supporter. We did a. Uh, you are. And we thank you for that. Um, we did a we did a vertical uh, four or five years of hammer smash face with with Vince the brewer. We did the entire vertical all four years that were ever created. Okay, Ooh, nice. it was it was a long day. I remember that because me and James went golfing, and I told James he had to come pick me up so we can go play golf. <laughs> it was it, it was a great great episode, great beer. I, I almost feel guilty comparing the two, but if I am comparing the two. I'm going to lean towards Hammer Smash. I don't feel guilty at all. You know, they both work for St. Arnold very separately. Like, right. Uh, I think, I want to say Seth was around 2011, and then Vince was, uh, I believe Vince started at the old brewery at, of St. Arnold. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, they, they have a lot of similarities, and to even compare one another to each other is a huge honor already. I mean, these are... okay. Phenomenal beers. You put it that way, I don't feel as bad. Uh, but yeah, I do choose Hammer Smash. I think Hammer Smash was a little bit better than this one. Um, uh, that being said, when 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 we're looking at beers that are of this level and of this caliber, right? Because um, I'm gonna go ahead and say like both those beers are phenomenal beers. These are hot tub beers. These are why this podcast was invented. Because right now, after that first beer, the first beer that we had was uh, Southern Yankee Grand Cru. You feel the shoulders relax. You oh, feel yeah. the hot tub taken in. Like and the the every worry that you're worried about just kind of melts away, and you're just enjoying the moment. This just intensifies that. Like it really does. It it is a nice follow up. It is a great beer. Um, the flavors in here are absolutely beautiful. And I can't remember what set Hammer Smash apart, but in my head, Hammer Smash was just a touch better. I, I, I can see where you're coming from. From I think uh, I think King of Terrors lends itself slightly sweeter. It does. Um, 
Maybe but overall, that's what it is. the coffee and the King of Terrors is what really, really pulls them apart. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, there is, I don't, I don't even know the right uh, metric for this. There is an ass ton of coffee in this. Ass ton? I mean, that seems fair. A little wake you up, a little put you down. Hey, you got the upper and the downer in the same glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, good. Yes, it there is. There are a good. lot of similarities, I think, in the in the flavor profile with the Southern Yankee, though. But a lot of like the plum, dried, dried plum, dried uh, raisin, you know, raisin type of flavor to it. I would agree Stone with you. Fruit. I would I would agree with you. And so, like, okay, so let's go down that line for a little bit, right? Because we're there are two different styles of beer, but we're sharing some of the same characteristics. It, more than just the coffee. How does this separate itself from a barley wine? From a barley wine? Well, because we're we're tasting it, we're we're mentioning like there's some similarities here. There's um, some there's some stone fruit. There's some of that that sweetness is coming across, almost like a plum type flavor, yeah. right? Uh, I, I want to say the coffee. This is going to sound contradictory. Contradict contradictory. It's good beer. Um, <laughs> the 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 coffee to me is almost hiding. The roastiness of the malt yeah. of the stout. I'm getting more coffee than I am the stout on this beer, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but that's what I'm getting, and then I'm getting the wild turkey in there. So I'm getting that heat. I'm getting that sweetness of the bourbon. I'm getting the bitterness from the coffee. I'm getting that coffee aroma, that coffee flavor. The stout is almost just. It's almost the smallest part of the equation between yeah. the coffee, the the bourbon barrel, and the stout. I get that, but also we started with this beer probably, what, 49 to 55 degrees? You know what I mean? This beer was not ice cold when we poured it. This beer develops in an incredible amount. If you start this ice cold, 32 degrees, and let it warm all the way up to 65, 70 degrees, you're getting probably three or four different complete beers in that. And I bring that up because when you drink this fresh, when you drink this ice cold, it's there's so much bitter roasty malt flavor with kind of a, a almost like a overwhelming espresso flavor and then ethanol as it warms up we're getting a lot of vanilla we're getting chocolate yes. we're getting you know we're getting a little bit more of that uh roundness of the bourbon instead of the sharpness of the ethanol um you know i i and i think right where we are there's just a lot of sweetness uh in its in its current temperature well, that's that's one of the things about drinking these beers in the hot tub, right? These these beers, these big beers that that we like drinking outside by the fire, by the hot tub. These beers, from when you start to when you finish, have different profiles. They change a little bit. They're interesting beers. They're not something that's going to be boring the entire time. Or I, I say boring because there's definitely beers we like, Lone Star, um, that Lone that Star. are going to be the same uh, beginning to end. This one is going to change from beginning to end, and that's part of the fun of yeah. it. Um, but this one, I would I would say the the coffee and the wild turkey are the the headliners on this beer. They 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 are the ones singing the loudest. The stout is there. The stout singing some background vocals, but she's beautiful. You know she she's that she's that beautiful shy little demure girl in the back singing, yeah. <laughs> and you, and you're just she's mysterious, and you want to talk to her, and you want to find out more about her. So you just keep sipping, and you just keep digging. What color yeah. her panties. <laughs> Black. <laughs> really dark. 
I, I, mm. I will say one of my favorite parts about the barrel aged version of this beer, right? So uh-huh. if if you were to have King of Terrors fresh when he when he first releases it, okay, it's got a really strong fresh coffee flavor to it, um, and the beer itself is is very cohesive. But once you give it two to three months, it it really starts to turn into this like. Have you ever drank like stale coffee off the counter? You yeah. know that stale dead coffee flavor? Uh-huh. About two to three months in, it starts to kind of get that flavor. And then if you give it all the way up to about nine months where it starts changing again, that coffee reintegrates and just becomes like so harmonious with everything else in there that I think even with, with this beer, with just the timing of when you drink it, it's so versatile. It's so different. It's so saying you need evolving. You need to age it for to to find its its uh, potential no uh, I think it's great fresh I just think there's a in, in between the three month mark and the nine month mark I'd rather leave it in my fridge uh, I'd rather crack a different vintage at that point but once once we pass that oh my gosh it just keeps getting better and better I mean I probably have more king of terrors in my house I was gonna say fridge I ran a room out of the fridge in my house than anything else I'm I'm pushing probably above 15 gallons of King of Terrors in my house. <laughs> wow. In fact, I'll pick up my fifth three-liter bottle in January. So it's safe It's safe to say this is one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites, but also support local. I agree, and I'm glad we started out with a couple of locals. Because we are going to, as long as we keep going on this episode, uh, we're, we're going to travel a bit. We're going to travel a bit. I like uh, traveling. Outside of Texas. Uh, other parts of the United States. I think we do stay in the United States, so. So, I'll go ahead and rate this. This beer, I really enjoy it. Um, I like the coffee flavors. I like the bourbon flavors. I wish, to me, and and, and I wanted to, and maybe when I have this as it's aged, because I'm probably going to bug you to have this as it's aged. Um, the the stout kind of comes up a little bit. The coffee fades a little bit. The uh, the bourbon barrel fades a little bit, and they come into more of a balance because I feel like the coffee and the bourbon are singing the loudest, but the stout is still there. It's still very good. Um, it's a little bit more sweet than I want, but it's not bad. It's a very nice compliment. Um, I know I, I'm sitting here giving criticisms, but then saying that those criticisms aren't bad criticisms. They're just notes on the flavor, I guess, as, as opposed to criticisms. Because I like all these, but this is just kind of what I'm experiencing on my trip, on my journey with this thing. Um, I'm going to go 3.95 on this one. 3.95. I, I like it a lot. I would like a little bit more of the base stout to shine through. But that's really my only criticism of this beer. Is this something that I would have in the hot tub every time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have a whole session. I may not remember past uh, the second one. Uh, <laughs> but but would I finish on this one? Fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is a great beer. Boris, you want to follow that up? Yeah, I th- I, uh, I think th- this is like an occasion beer. This is a beer that uh, you bring to an, a special occasion you want to share with people. Um, you know, a, a time to relax, a time to, you know, have a cigar. I think the, pairing this with a cigar would be... You know, 4.0. Um, it, by itself, for me, it's a 3.9, just like the Southern Yankee. It's it's a beer I would definitely pick up again. I love the complexity. Um, I, I like the uh, the fact that you know the, the the bitterness comes comes from 
uh, maybe the coffee. Uh, maybe maybe that's where the, the bitterness, I'm getting the bitterness from. But I really enjoy that. I like that coffee bitterness. Um, and then the barrel. I mean, you can taste the barrel from beginning to end. And like he said, it was, you know, it's now a different beer in my in my warm hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's a, I, I think it's a great beer, occasion beer, birthday beer. Can you all guess what I'm going to rate? I'm going to guess 4.0. Yeah. It's a 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> 4.1. No, I'm going to go 4.0. Uh, the only thing that would, to me, make this any better at all would be uh, using a spicier bourbon uh, or a rye. Okay. Um, how do you, how, what do you think about a rum? A rum barrel in this? Ooh. I think we like would. Sweet rum. I think we'd be leaning into uh, the sweetness a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say that for any of the aged rum barrels that you're going to use. Um, this one just has so much body. I mean, to get the ABV so high, you got to have a lot of sugar to work with to begin with. Yes. Like, you got to have that yeast on overdrive. Um, and for me personally, just some depth of like a really spicy rye or a really spicy bourbon uh i think is probably would be my favorite way to go thinking like uh willet and whistle pig and uh, rittenhouse you know just kind of something with a little bit more depth okay so. yeah i dig that no th- man jake thanks for bringing that over um king of terrors from copperhead we've stayed local so far okay we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back um I think we're out of local beers, and we're going into some uh, other big beers from the United States. But uh, when we come back, we're staying big. Big. Long and strong. Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Height, txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. All right, so you guys are talking World World Cup. World Cup. Boris, Boris just got out of the tub, but he's talking about rooting for Mexico to beat Argentina. Why? Yeah, we support Mexico. We support Mexico. I love Mexican Geographic. Food. Le- I I love Mexican food as well. But women, and then Ooh. that in Argentina has has been favored locally for for this whole World Cup. Everybody thought you know they were going to take it. Yeah, I well, there are a lot of lot of uh, players on the Mexican national team that I like. Uh, I like Ochoa. I think his uh, goalkeeper play. Uh, has a game-changing effects sometimes. With you know, he's he's been perennially a, a very good goalkeeper for Mexico. Isn't a flower perennial? Perennial. So he know. said perennial. Perennially. Perennially. So did I pronounce it wrong? While you two guys are talking, I'm sitting here and trying to uh, unleash the beast that is called Mao Malmasi. Anybody else want to take us? Malmasi. Malmasi. Okay, so we're going to the Hermit Brewery, Anchorage. Oh, I was like, I don't think that's the name. (laughs) It's not the name. Um, So Anchorage, uh, to me, is kind of one of these breweries that we don't see a lot down here. Uh, They're starting to get down here a little bit more uh, thanks to... uh, Flood. Was it Flood is bringing them down? Wow, that's that's used motor oil. That's thick. Yeah, this is is, uh, a serious beer. So... 
the whole story on this beer, and I don't, or this brewery rather, is I don't, I don't think he was very fired up about. He was just wanting to brew beer and share it there in Alaska. Okay, um, beautiful artwork. Okay, you got like a zombie samurai hammering out his sword on the uh, on the bottle. It is it is pretty cool. Um, the the artist. The artist is – we've talked about – ha- I think I've had Anchorage on the podcast before. But the artist is the same one that's done all those, like, badass 1980s Metallica posters where, like, skulls are melting and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Same artist. Wolfjack, I think. But it's a chick. Yeah. Um, uh-oh. Wow. That's something. It is something? That's something. Wow, that's molasses. That's so I, that's my it first. is – there's lots of okay, so this is going to be triple oaked imperial stout with coffee and coconut, right? Uh, fermented in Missouri oak fodders, aged for eight months in Buffalo Trace barrels, then transferred to freshly emptied Woodford Reserved double oak bourbon barrels for six months, and then transferred again to fresh emptied Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels for an additional four months. Finished on toasted coconut and coffee from Olympia Coffee Roasting Company. That's a lot. It is a lot. So it, it, from from looking at your two faces, and you've sampled this beer already just now, the sampling was a lot. Yeah. It's, it's intense. Is it intense? Yeah. The nose is intense. There's lacing on here. It's just staining the glass. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. It is. I didn't notice that. Oh my gosh, it is. It's like the 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 glass sticky. is turning brown. Yeah, like as if it, if this were to dry, it would, it would it would dry, and you could be able to be able to dig it out. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Should I put it into a dehydrator and make uh, Anchorage crackers? Ooh. Oh, it's like it's like resin. We could do that. Stout resin. Mm. So you're you're still sipping, okay? I haven't I haven't tasted it yet. I'm just on the nose, and I'm getting tons of bourbon and coconut on the nose. A little bit of coffee, uh, but bourbon and coconut primarily on the nose. Tell me what you're tasting. Coconut, really? So right up front, it's it's much bolder and sharper. Right up front, you get kind of this uh, bitterness, this this bourbon. You get a really sharp flavor to it. But then when it when it comes out of there it's just pure coconut and sweetness and vanilla mixed in there i mean it's 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 got a huge spectrum on the flavors it really does oh my gosh i took a sip and it is wow it doesn't hide the alcohol warmth no at all and it just takes a little bit to get a full mouth feel like correct you just have to put a little bit in in your mouth and then it's just just the tip it's almost like eating ice cream like it just coats everything yeah it does it does. That's a great way to describe it. Like it's, it's not a pastry stout, but it's coming across as almost like this. What's the ADV? Mm, I don't know. I mean, Let's it's still look. an adjunct stout. Sixteen percent. Okay. So we're keeping it pretty light today. Yeah, we've gone from thirteen to sixteen point six, back down to sixteen percent. Yeah, keeping it light. Um, this one might be a little bit too complex for me. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I think I could enjoy it. Um, by a fire or something along those lines, but I don't know if I would pick this up on a regular basis because I, I think it's just it's too much. I'm gonna too much I'm gonna go ahead and say some asinine shit. 
Okay, go ahead. Um, I think this would be better if um, we poured a little bourbon on top to dry up that finish. It is very sweet. You think so? Yeah. I, and I think that's it. It's like right up front, it's so crisp and bitter and roasty. And at the end, it's so long, lingering sweetness yeah. that um, I would honestly love bourbon on the side or a splash of bourbon in it just to kind of break up that lingering sweetness. Oh, that's interesting. So just a, like a measly like 25 to 30% uh, stout. I have some... some Cooper bourbon from Ledbetter, Texas. I got to drive home. In the, uh, in well, the house. I got to Uber home. <laughs> um, this Okay, so what what strikes me right across the front, like this stout just punches me in the face. Like, it, like the, there's no there's no subtlety to it. This yeah. is like either like me or fuck you. Yeah. Um, is really what it tastes like. So here's my question. Before I start digging into it too deep, we tasted two really big beers that are brewed really within, I would say, a 20-mile radius of where we're at right now, right? Copperhead would have been the farthest away. It might be 20 miles away down 45. Uh, Southern Yankees, less than 10 miles from where we're at right now. Both are super hyper-local brews, um, which would fit the Texas climate. Is this what Alaskans want in negative whatever weather? Thirty. Yeah, it, but that's the other thing too is Alaska like the antithesis of Texas you know what I mean like we both only have such a small window of great weather you know what I mean and they're yeah. both extremely large states with extremely versatile population that's obviously true. ours is much bigger than theirs but Correct. you're talking about the distance and like the borders it's it's just everything is the antithesis of Texas yet we're comparing such unique products that are very similar to each other it's a it, there, there are some. There's definitely some ties between Texas and Alaska as far as the like individualism, and just kind of like we're going to do whatever the hell we want. Uh, Alaskans are almost more so. They're just like almost hermits. Well, in Texas, like you want to own guns. In Alaska, you have to own guns. Correct. It's like a requirement, right? Yeah, it is. Well, it's almost a requirement, in Texas well, too. That's why they pay you to be there, right? So you can afford more guns. Well, that's true. They pay you to live in Alaska? You didn't know that? I did not. Yeah, if that's your actual residency, they pay you to be there. Mm. Well, pay you to be there. You get, like, some tax credits at the end or something. Hot Tub Beers, Alaska. You never watch Bush people? They they claim they lived in Alaska, and they didn't, and they got sued for taking Alaska's money for living there? No, so, okay, so I, I really love... Six months of darkness? I mean, that, I, used yeah. to, I used to dabble in education. Um, <laughs> when I did, I taught English. Okay, and I would always, and even as a kid, loved those Jack London stories about the call of the wild and and going out there. There's a story I used to read to my kids every year called uh, "To Build a Fire," uh, about a guy going out in the wilderness and he thinks he knows it all and ends up dying and freezing to death uh, out there trying to cross the Alaskan wilderness. There's something just that has always fascinated me about it. Um, this beer, while it may not be something that I would drink every day here in texas i think when it was 11 degrees here in texas this might be the first one i'd go to yeah wake up hop hop in the hot tub drink a few of these and go to back to bed right yeah yeah because i think i think in texas we're 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 categorizing hot tub beer weather as it's in the 50s let's turn on the hot tub right um that's their summer correct or no when probably a little bit cooler than that cooler than that 
I mean, enough for the snow to melt, but still permafrost in the ground, so I don't know what that is. And are we talking about north or south Alaska here? Because Alaska's huge. Well, are we talking I, I don't coastal? think the north is really populated as much as the south, is it? Well, I mean, we're also talking coastal here. I mean, closer to the coast. You um, can see Russia from Alaska, little known fact. Can you really? And, and, yeah, in some parts. There used to be a strait. Uh, used to be. Strait, like, well, the strait, but the, uh, the land bridge across the strait. Uh, what what was it called? Didn't the icebergs melt though? Yeah, it's not no all of them. <laughs> a, a land bridge. It's not a longer a land bridge, but that was part of the theory, right? Some of yeah. uh, that's how we got Native Americans in America was they traveled across there and then settled in the United States. Well, it wasn't the United States in? It was another large landmass that they were settling what, in. What about Pangaea? That's it's possible, but were people alive during Pangaea? And where were the dinosaurs at during all this? The dinosaurs. Tim, were you're just, a horrible uh, yeah. teacher. Yeah, well, I didn't teach. I didn't teach. Uh, Pangea and the dinosaurs. Yes, and the dinosaurs. <laughs> Only English. <laughs> um, so this beer, <sighs> I'm struggling with the words to describe it. I don't dislike it, but it is not my favorite of what we've had today. It is super heavy, super resiny. It is feels like it's designed like something to get you through bitter cold. Yeah, if you're not drinking whiskey in Alaska, you could use this as an alternative. I would agree. But, you know, there's the alternative point there is, like, um, there's a pretty high depression rate in colder countries because during the winter, there's really not a lot of movement. There's definitely not a lot of light. You know what I mean? you got to take your vitamin D pills. Uh, So drinking and alcoholism is pretty far up there. Um, Do you think that plays a a larger role in this of, like— Are you accusing us of promoting alcoholism? No. Okay. I'm, I'm accusing uh, <laughs> colder temperatures wanting something stiffer. And, and, you know, I think that more so in beer because obviously, like, Russia is drinking vodka. I mean, that's a, a pretty big um, stereotype, but I don't believe it's wrong. Are you, if uh, you're drinking vodka, are you drinking to taste your alcohol? Or no, you just drink it to feel absolutely your alcohol? not. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. you're Russian and you're drinking vodka, are you really drinking it for the taste? Yeah. No. Just water. <laughs> Russian water is what they call it. And Russia. But isn't that like Texas bourbon? Like, are we really drinking it because we enjoy getting kicked in the fucking teeth with alcohol? Or are we drinking it just because that's, I don't know, what we do as Texans? It's because some of it's just what we do in Texas. Yeah. It's like Garrison Brothers. I get why a lot of people don't like them. I enjoy them because they kick you in the fucking teeth, and that's the Texas style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that same with Russia? It's just like, hey, we don't want to taste the alcohol. We just want to have the alcohol. I don't know. It's possible. This this alcohol you could definitely taste. This so so if I if I'm in Alaska and I'm drinking because I just want to get drunk and I don't want to taste my alcohol, this is not what I go to. Yeah, this is a ridiculous amount of flavor, like an overwhelming yeah. amount of flavor. Um, the The process by which they've aged this beer to me is interesting, right? Have Have y'all experienced that? Like y'all are more or more more in tune with the brewing industry than I am. Y'all have been a part of it more than I, longer than I have. Generally speaking, beer more. stays in one barrel. You know what I mean? Like okay. from my experience, is it, it's you know the beer that you put in in a barrel stays in that barrel because you want that specific barrel flavor. These guys, it seems like it was they were looking for a little bit of that flavor, a little bit of this flavor, a little bit of, and then uh, I think that's what lends to so much. Uh, I don't know. 
complexity here. I think it's I think it's over overdone. The complexity is overdone. Okay. Um, I I like a little bit uh, less of a mouthfeel with higher ABV beers like this. Yes. So like the Southern Yankee from and the Copperhead, they were they were great beers in compare. And I would rate. I don't know. I, maybe you want to rate first, huh? Since so. Uh, your turn i think this is a it's a, it's a very unique beer in the way that it warms up it becomes it gets this like acidity this tanginess like the further warm it gets the really more interesting the back end of that is which is to me is interesting because let's be real in alaska it's not going to get as hot as it is now you know what i mean like these beers Correct. are already warmer than they'll be unless you stick it on top of the stove but i mean it's a fantastic beer um I'm not going to rate it as high as Copperhead. Surprise. Yeah. But that's only because the lingering sweetness is so overwhelming. I love that upfront bitterness, roastiness, punch, the ethanol. Mm. That's that I really enjoy that, but the sweetness at the end is very overwhelming. Okay. So what do you rate it? 3.8. 3.8. Oh, that's higher than I thought you were going to go with it. I I I think this is a good beer. I but that's- I think this is one of those beers, we've talked about beers that our rating is going to change based off of definitely our setting and what we're doing at the time. If we're outside and it's 20 degrees, this beer takes on a different feel for me. We're outside and it's 60s. So this beer... 95 degree hot tub. 95 degree hot tub and it's 60 (laughs) degrees outside. This beer doesn't... I don't know. I enjoy it. I may rate it a little bit lower than Jake. I think for the complexity of what it is, I think it's a beautiful beer. I think they spent a lot of time on it. I think they did a good job with what they were trying to accomplish. Because, excuse me, if I'm in bitter cold weather, this works. I want something fatty that hangs around, that coats my tongue, that that get the alcohol warmth, but I'm getting a complex flavors. I'm getting dark chocolate. I'm getting plum. I'm getting that vanilla from the huge vanilla from the bourbon barrels, yeah. and that coconut kind of coconut gets stronger and stronger with every sip that I take of it. Um, and I love that all together, but to me, it's a little bit much when it's only sixty degrees outside. So I'm gonna go three point six five. 3.65. I think it's a good beer. Would I, I kind of wish I would have bought two bottles of it and then had another bottle of it when it's you know in the 20s outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I appreciate it for what it is. I, I I think it's cool. I think it's you know if you ever get a, your chance to put get your hands on one, try it. Yeah. You know it's one of those things where I'm I'm glad we tried it. I enjoy it. I'll finish this glass of it and then I'll move on. You're coating that glass, and that glass is – that's fascinating to me because that, that beer is it, – it doesn't look like traditional lacing. No. Like to where it's got the, the white head on the beer. The beer is just sticking to the glass. Yeah. There's something sticky in there. Yeah, well, yeah. It makes it look like that antique brown glass. It yeah. does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. What do you think, Boris? Uh, I give it a 3.5. Uh, I think it's too complex for me. I appreciate the – the flavors um, individually, uh, all of them together. We have, I mean, we have some breweries uh, that like to. It's like, hey, what do we have back there? We can throw in this beer. You know, let's just go ahead and do it. And I feel like uh, this is kind of close to that. So, okay. Um, I'll, this wouldn't be a beer that I think I would pick up on a regular basis, but maybe an occasional 
you know, one, once or twice or something like that. And I think this, this beer in general, um, it has a market down here, but I don't know how big that market is in Houston. Yeah, I agree with you. the The beer geeks, the beer geeks are gonna tear it up just because it's Alaska, and they'll love it. They'll appreciate the flavors. But but your average stout drinker down here is is gonna be blown away by this. But I'm I'm curious as to if we had the budget, we'd do hot tub beers Alaska, and go up there and just see what the stouts are like. Because I wonder if the stouts are bigger and heavier up there, just straight up. But because it's colder. Day stouts. Yeah. 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 Like if an everyday stout down here is like six, seven, up there, it's no less than ten. Right, right. Yeah. You got to feel it. <laughs> you feel, oh. You're not going to feel your skin, but well, you can man. feel the beer. Well, Alaska, Alaskan Brewing, Anchorage Brewing, uh, thanks for brewing this up. Uh, thanks for spending the time on it. Like that, that, I'll say, if nothing else, these guys have spent a lot of time crafting something uh, pretty cool to put in your glass. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back uh, with one more beer on the Big Badass Beers with Boris episode. Yeah. Final beer. Final beer. Final beer. Final beer. Okay. Hopefully Heads this is a good one. Heads <laughs> oh, yeah, I do hope it's a good one as well. Um, aged in port and bourbon barrels. So there's going to be some complexity here. Uh, port. Port wine, super sweet, dessert wine, correct? Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily super sweet, but it can be. Okay. It's going to have a... Blend sweet flavors, huh? Yeah. So, American ale. So, Jake, as the local beer expert, tell me a little bit about American ale. What is American ale? Great question, Tim. I'm going to pass ah, it you. on to local beer expert, Boris Remy. Uh, Boris American Remy, tell us. American ale is a, is a strong ale. Um, I mean, just straight up strong high ABV, uh, lots of lots of malt, lots of hops. We're looking at it. Kind of like a barley wine. Okay. Well, this will be uh, interesting then. It's barley, obviously. But. 18.5% alcohol per volume. Yeah. Big beer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, brewed in 2022. This is uh, fairly fresh. Drake's Brewing. San Leandro, California. Leandro, California. Uh, we've got a little bit of everywhere. Well, two from Texas, one from Alaska, one from California. Okay, so um, the three biggest states. Do you, do you have you have you heard about this brewery before or no? No, never. Drake's Brewing. Never heard of them. Another Tavor deal. Um, I was just curious about it. When it pours, I was expecting something darker. I was not. You honestly. were not. No. I don't know. But I also feel like the American Ale is like a category of like, hey, there's definition, but it's very, very loose. I mean, just dissect okay. it in itself. It's American. It's an ale, right? Um, but overall, it, there's just, I don't know. It's it's a pretty wide category. I, I should pull up the parameters here. But I think strong, American Strong Ale and American Ale are the synonymous. Same, same I, I, would, I would say they are. Um, um, because uh, when when I was with Lone Pint, we had Tornado Shark, and that that's an American mm-hmm. strong ale. Yes, and it's uh, it's similar to this. Pours this kind of the same kind of color. I will Maybe say, BJCP actually doesn't even have it in their definitions of beer. What a bunch of comments. There's just American strong ale, and that's it. Hmm. So yeah, I I would assume it's synonymous. 
Now, if you call it American Strong Ale, yeah, we, we kind of dial it in quite a bit more. But American Strong Ale, 50 to 100 IBU, SRM 7 to 19. So obviously you're going to have a little bit darker, but not all the way. And then ABV is 6.3 to 10%. So it's... So this is the high end. And I'm assuming that we're picking up alcohol this is the from high the... High end. This is double. <laughs> I'm assuming we're picking up some of the alcohol off the port and bourbon barrels. I would imagine so, but I mean, unless you're just straight up adding bourbon to it, I wouldn't imagine you're adding that much. I mean, maybe a percentage or two, but I can't imagine you're adding 10% on the bourbon. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe there's no okay. back lending. Do you think the bourbon is lending the dryness? I mean, what, what do you think it's, is, it's yes. gotta be. is doing the dryness here? Yes. Yeah, this is like honey. It's this is, okay, this is better than, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking of this beer. I really didn't have too much expectations. I am... I'm pleasantly surprised. You, you're looking at there like you're you're not pleasantly surprised. No, no, it's. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to pinpoint the flavors. Is what I'm trying to do. I'm making an ugly face. So, I get huge, <laughs> huge honey flavors out of this. Yeah. And see, what I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking that that honey, that sweetness is port with a little bit of the uh, malt backbone mixed in, and the dryness I think is coming from the bourbon. There's definitely some alcohol warmth. Every every good port that I've had has a little bit of alcohol warmth to it. Because port, correct me if I'm wrong, port wine is going to be higher in alcohol than your standard wine. Yeah. Correct? So, like, a normal wine that I'm drinking is going to be anywhere from, what, 12 to 15%? Yeah, and 10 to port, 15, yeah. Port's going to be 20 plus. 18 to 23, 24. Okay. So, that's, I don't know, that's what I'm getting. There's always this sweetness that I'm associating with port. That's what I'm getting off of it. But I'm 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 not the the base beer isn't completely lost on me. To me, it tastes like mead. Yeah, it really okay. does. It tastes like mead. Okay, because um, it has a that sweetness and then that dryness all in the same, all in the same uh, swallow. I mean, you you can taste the the grapes from the port. You know what I mean? The, yeah. You can kind of get that yeah. that musky grape. So it okay, like mead. Mm. There, there there is. The more I'm drinking it, the more it warms up. It is. It all. It's. It's. The mouthfeel isn't as heavy as a mead, though. It's. It's. It's lighter to me. I'm gonna disagree. I. Th- I definitely think the mouthfeel is as heavy as a mead, but okay. the carbonation is breaking it up on your tongue. Uh, maybe I mean, the, so. okay. the carbonation. It's not aggressive, but it's. You can definitely like feel very small bubbles in this. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's almost uh, just a tiny tickle that barely breaks it apart. Yeah, this one is. I guess at eighteen point five percent it should, but this is just kind of opening everything up. Like I'm feeling the warm all the way through my chest oh, yeah. on this one. Oh, yeah. Like this one is, this one's hitting me, and I'll say it's very similar to the Anchorage. I think this beer would be better if it was colder outside, but it is not lost on me in sixty degree weather at all. There's there's something attractive about this beer. I don't think it's the best beer we've had today, but. There's something about this beer that's attracted to me that makes me want to keep going back. I, so what I imagine is I've always had really good beers out at the Texas Renaissance Festival, and I think today's the last day for the Texas Renaissance Festival. Yes, it is. Okay. And so I, this is what I would imagine myself carrying a bottle of throughout the day. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. And drinking it, you know, little bits at it, pulling it out of, out of my backpack and drinking little bits of it at a time. This is something that I, just to keep my... Just keep, to keep, keep you, the buzz going, you know. Okay. Yeah. I I I would enjoy this. Uh, 
at, at, in a setting like that for sure. I, yeah, I would agree. Like the the setting, the setting definitely. Do you think big beers are more prone to being influenced by the setting? Yeah, I mean, I it, special occasion beers. You know, I think those big yeah. beers are are special, like Chimay, those big bottles. You know, the big magnums. Yeah, those are always special. Okay, I think this that's is what they magnum. called me in college. What big magnum? Big oh, I thought, you, I thought you meant Shimei. They call me Shimei, too. <laughs> Do they? Shimei, Shimei not. <laughs> oh, man. I think, I think all beer is influenced by company, and that's what makes rating in the hot tub so hard. We're already having fun. Uh, if you can convince a bad score out of us here, it's, it's, we're probably having a bad time. Well, I don't know. We've been having a good time and had a couple of bad scores. Yeah, I, I guess I, what I'm saying is it's so hard to be objective when you're having such a good time. Agreed. And so I think a lot Agreed. of these are influenced. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm like, I'll agree with Boris here. Like, if this is at Ren Fair, like, I'm not going to be mad at it. Uh, if I'm drinking to have one, I'm not going to be having this. Yeah. Not going to be having this if you're just drinking to have a beer. Yeah. If you're coming out to the hot tub and this is available, you you turning it down or you drinking it? I mean, with King of Terrors on on standby, yeah, I'm turning this down. I think I'd drink this with a water, you know, <laughs> intermittently drink yeah. water, you know. I could see it with, with a cigar better, just to, like that, that tobacco bitter, that little bit of spice and roast. This one, to me, would be better than the Alaskan Stout with a shot of bourbon back. I couldn't do it. Mm. See this one. This one to me, I think it would break it up. It just to me, it lends to those flavors. I think if I put bourbon with that Mao Masi, I'm probably saying that completely, totally wrong. Um, the, I'm going to get overwhelmed by the vanilla because the vanilla is already strong on that beer. I'm not getting a lot of vanilla out of this beer. I'm getting a lot of honey out of this beer, a lot of sweetness out of that beer, yeah. and a little bit more bourbon to cut that sweetness and highlight those bourbon flavors, I think, I think would be okay on this one. But it's already at 18.5%. It's, it's higher than that one. That was 15. This is a monster. I just I wonder what their base beer looks like before they, they, add, you know, they, they put it in, in bourbon barrels. If, if, that, if the residual bourbon that's left in the barrel has anything to do with Elevating the, the ABV. If we're looking 18. at eighteen point five percent alcohol base beer is huge. That's that's those are hard to make. Those are hard They're to expensive. make. And then you're looking at this, and the color on it, you would have to think that the color is going to be influenced by the port barrels and the bourbon barrels, right? Because port is not a light colored wine; it's a dark wine. The color on this doesn't go completely dark. It's still light. There's kind of almost this ruby translucent amber color to the beer i don't i don't know i'm 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 really at this point just saying things that i see because i'm i I can't wrap my head completely around this beer jake's just looking at me with lust in his eyes (laughs) (laughs) i was in a different place were you oh yeah did these big beers put you there no 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 no. i was back at work oh were you yeah i got a message that put me back at work um no big deal. Do you want me to respond? You yeah. want me to handle that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. With Don't less worry. swear words than I would. With less swear words? Yeah. But I could still use swear words. Yes, I will absolutely. Okay. If it's, not, if it's not every three words, you're already doing better than I am. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I may be good at that. Yeah. Just add a little, uh, like, shit at the end of your sentence. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Shit. <laughs> 
No, I I, I think it's a decent beer. Uh, it's just not a beer I would drink. Not a beer you would drink, but a decent beer. Yeah. What about you? Same thing, same Boris. Thing, yeah. I, I'm I'm really kind of on the same page as y'all. I'm 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 glad we tried it. I enjoy the flavors of it. If I had another bottle of it and it was cold outside, and I'm sitting in the hot tub. Would I drink it to maybe cap off the night? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I drink the whole bottle. I would share it with somebody. This beer for me is kind of like the Dogfish 120 minute. You know, you pick it up every once in a while, but you're not going to pound them. You're not going to drink them all on a regular basis. Agreed. I mean, if you, if you do though, you'll have a story about it. <laughs> Every, everybody has a 120 minute story. Uh, I remember the last 120 I drank. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. I what literally. Happened? woke up on it was me and Allison just started dating right so I was like let's try this one let's try this one I was like 120 is only like 14% this year it was not it was 18 um, ended up waking up and I'm like sitting straight up on Allison's couch we both have beers in our hands and she's like asleep with her head back and I was like oh shit so I put the beers down on the table and the next thing you know my alarm's going off and I'm like oh shit I'm late to be on a podcast. It was uh, Interbrews, right? We were doing uh, Interbrews at like, I don't know, 9.30 in the morning or something. Yeah. And so I get on the road, and it was, you know, five, ten-minute drive. I'm on the road, and I'm like, thank goodness I'm not hungover. I don't know what I'd do if I was, I'm not hungover. I'm oh, shit. So they're all, they all got beers in their hand, and I'm just sitting here sipping my nitro coffee like I'm a part of the crew. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rough. That's the last time I touched a 120. So I said, okay, speaking of other podcasts... Deep dive into a dive bar. Want to do a podcast with us? Will they show up? I don't know. So here's my because because I think this was initiated by Dwayne, which we we were part of that cross the media, cross the streams media that we don't mention near enough. Um, and so it was it was uh, suggested by Dwayne that we do a collab. I think uh, they have a guy that's named the Pirate that's on that show. Um, it's 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 not Austin. It's another dude. Okay, yeah. Dwayne shows up all the time. No, but I'm talking about no. There's another guy. But Austin's on there as well. Austin's on there okay. as well. But it's it's like Scott the Pirate or something like that. If that's not Honey, I don't know what is, man. I got oh, the bees, bees chasing oh, my, my hand. Oh my gosh, the bees are out. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. So I guess it's Honey. This is Mead. <laughs> it's Mead. <laughs> um, but here's my thought process on this, and maybe I'm wrong. I kind of want to create a rivalry with them before uh, bring them on. I can do that. That's easy. Yeah, I, I kind of want to tell the everybody rivalry with who? With uh, deep dive with a dive bar podcast. Where's their main location? I think the farm. The farm, done. But they 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 went out to Eleven Below. Eleven Below cheated on us with them. Oh well, I'll, I'll, I get it. It's James' first lover. I get it. Is it is his first lover? Yeah, he's are, technically cheating on him with us. Are we James's? Are are, are, are is James you're our sloppy seconds? Your sloppy Who's, seconds. Ah, uh, you're getting sloppy seconds. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll see who has a hot tub beer flying in their bar. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. We I should mean, just pull up one day. There'll be thistle stickers everywhere. Oh shit! Hot tub beer and thistle <laughs> stickers everywhere. We just go in unannounced. What if what if we, we we go true rivalry? Like I'll go stick like vote for Jake stickers all up in there, and it'll be like literally like Thistle versus the Farm, Jake versus Austin, Deep Dive versus Hot Tub. I'm down. All right, well, Dwayne, you heard it here first. You're going yeah, or down. Maybe not at all. You're going down. Yeah. Every every good industry needs a rivalry, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we're obviously leading the hot tub beers world in podcasts. I don't think there's anybody that can compare to us or even come close to us. 
Um, and then the fact that they put dive in their name uh, insinuates that they're near water, which would kind of put them close to our category, therefore our rival. Is Direct that fair? Is that, is that logic? Like workout? That's I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how we do Popeyes versus Chick Fil A with these two bars. We can't do Popeyes versus Chick Fil A. No, that's the point. The idea, the concept of like everybody's like, no, I got to go try this one. I got to try that one. Everybody debates it for hours, but in all reality, there are no winners except for the people's pockets. Well, I mean, we're obviously the winner. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean there are no winners? <laughs> Don't tell Austin, but Austin yeah. is too. Austin's the winner. As well, if if we start be the winner, if I'm the winner, if we start the rivalry, that's how it works. Everybody wins, except Austin. Well, but in a rivalry, I'm not going to admit anybody else is winning. Oh well, of course, that's what. So like rivalry off, everybody wins. Rivalry on, Austin's going to lose. Correct. I've heard, I've heard Tim that you're a a really bad winner, but you're really a bad loser too. That's what I've heard. Is that what you've heard? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, he's going to be sore. Either way, you're going to be a real (laughs) shithead. (laughs) Yeah, Austin. Well, the the even bigger question is what side of the fence is Beasley on? Oh. Yeah. Testing some loyalty here. We are. We're going to test some real loyalty. Oh, yes, yes. I I hope people are listening this late (laughs) in the podcast. Okay, so I. (laughs) If they're still listening. As we continue on, I just want to uh, go ahead and announce uh, my titties are on the photo booth of the farm's photo booth. So go look for them. Yeah. They're the hairy ones. Yeah, with James. Are they the only hairy ones up there? Yeah, probably not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, me and James and Jacob's titties are out on that photo booth. So nice. Hopefully it'll stay there for a while because this rivalry may take some photos down. May take some photos down? Yeah. You know what? It's on. Like Donkey Kong. So he I'm gonna rate this. Austin beer. doesn't even know it, but it's on. It's, it's, it's fucking he on. He doesn't need to know it. He, you know, he he he. Uh, just by dipping his toe in the podcast water, by using the word dive, correct? By ghosting <laughs> us. <laughs> because you use the word dive. Anybody who uses water associated words with their podcast immediately is our rival. Yes. Yeah. Done deal. Back to the beer. Yeah, let's rate some beer because we got a game to go watch. Hedzo from California. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and I'll go ahead and rate first on this one. I enjoy this one. Uh, I, I, I like this one better than the Mamasu. The, the Mamasu. Mamasi. Uh, I like this better than the Anchorage. It doesn't hit as well as the first two that we had, um, but it is a very nice beer. Is this something that I'd come and finish the session with? Yeah, absolutely. It's not something I'm going to go and repeat a bunch. Um, but if I saw it in the case in Thistle, would I buy one? Yeah, I would. I would, and I'd keep it and share it and, and have it in the hot tub when it gets really cold. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think the, the the best phrase that 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 I heard you use to describe one of the beers today is uh, occasion beer, right? Because that that tells me like this beer is not good all the time. But it's good on occasion. It's good with good company. It's good with good friends. It's good with a good environment. That's how I feel about this beer. I'm going to go 3.72 on this beer. Um, I enjoy it. I would come back to it. I would spend money on this beer again. Um, but is it an everyday drinker? Is it an every hot tub session beer? No, probably not. Probably not. But it is something that I would come back to. What do you think? 3.1. 3.1, okay. Um. Overall, that's lower than the Mamasi. 
much lower. Yeah. It's overall it's it's decent beer. Um it's drinkable. I can see why people like it, but overall for me, uh there's so much honey, uh that kind of musky grape undertone I enjoy. Yeah. Uh but overall it's too sweet, too strong. Um, it's just not something I could really enjoy very often, but the merits of itself is it's not bad beer. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Uh, I got it at 3.5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it the same level as the Mamasi. I think it's got uh, similar characteristics in the, in the way of, of the complexity being maybe a little bit too complex for me and too high ABV for me as well for, for beer. Um, it, it, you know, as it's... You know, as I, I hold it, it looks like a shot of whiskey. It does, you know doesn't I mean? it? There's no head, yeah. no, no uh, carbonation, at, visible carbonation at least. And then so, but yeah, walking around the Renaissance Festival, it's a it's a 4.0 for me. But sitting in the hot tubs, 3.5. Okay, sure. I like that. Good stuff. It is. It is, guys. Thank you all for coming and hanging out with me today. Thank you for being willing to try some of these. Uh, Big ass beers that we have here. Uh, it's it's uh, we just took samples off of four different bottles. I think the lightest one we tried was thirteen percent. Feel nice. Yeah, that ain't bad. No, ain't no, bad. it's not bad. No, that was a great session. Um, I appreciate you coming and hanging out, uh, Boris. Always good to see you. Always good, good to, to have you. you in the hot tub, man. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having Jake. Me. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. all right. Yeah, <laughs> see you next week. See, see yeah. you next week. <laughs> yeah. um, it, uh, Guys, if you enjoy what you listen to, make sure that you're sharing this with your friends and family. Uh, we are on any podcatcher available that you like to listen to, be it iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts. Now, those podcasts, podcatchers are rating. Okay, They are not rating on our industry standard of 4.0. Uh, they are rating on their bullshit standard of 5.0. Um, so go ahead and rate us on those podcasts. More ratings, the better we do. Uh, rate us at 5.0. Uh, if you don't. You're Screw a coward. You. Go, uh, go listen. Go listen to Deep Dive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the war's been started. They don't even know it. Is it. On. Um, a declaration. So, uh, as well as a link, if you if you go to our InstaWeb, like there's pictures of us having fun and uh, Sunday samplings. There's also links in the bio. There's links to all the podcasters. There's also a link to keep the hot tub warm. Um, we, we host this platform through Anchor.fm, um, and you can support us through that platform uh, for as little as 99 cents a month for as much as $599.99 a month. Okay, uh, And that gets you quality content with tons of different type of beers. And declarations of war. Declarations of war against other podcasts. Um, it is on. It is on uh, at any point. Coming for that ass, Austin. All day <laughs> long. You too, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time, endure enjoy your hot chub beers. Hot chub beer. Hot chub beers. Chuck. Stouts, pilsners, boxing weeks, having hot tub beers, just my friends.